eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got coaches getting suspended. We've got coaches getting fired. We've got playoff rankings coming out tonight. We've got conference championship races taking shape. We've got a new head coach out at Texas Tech. Plenty to talk about. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 9th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. In just a little bit, we're going to talk to Mike Roach, who covers recruiting over at Horns 24-7 for 24-7 Sports, to break down the impact of the Joey McGuire hire by Texas Tech. McGuire, you probably have no idea who he is. He is a former or current, actually, Baylor assistant coach. He was most notably, though, before that, the head coach at Cedar Hill, Texas, which is a powerhouse where he won three state championships in 14 years, was a very smart hire by Matt Rule several years ago in Waco. So that's who Texas Tech is going to go with, replacing Matt Wells, who they fired a few weeks ago. Going to talk to Mike about who McGuire is and what makes him special. And what's with this new trend in the state of Texas of former high school coaches getting head jobs and whether that's going to put a little heat on Steve Sarkeesian, maybe Jimbo Fisher, probably not Jimbo Fisher, but yeah, maybe, maybe one day Steve Sarkeesian. Before we get to that, got some news and then I'm going to do my best to concisely break down the races in the Power Five conferences. But first, the news. Washington has suspended Jimmy Lake for this weekend's game against Arizona State. The head coach was the subject of an investigation by Washington Athletic Director Jen Cohen this past weekend for striking a player on the sideline. The suspension is going into effect immediately. Uh, it includes all football-related activities and will be lifted on Sunday. Look, I asked Carl Reed about this, who's a high school football coach, and he was like, you know, this this might have flown a while ago. I wouldn't have any problem with my son receiving this treatment from the head coach, and, and I'm sure you've seen the Jimmy Lake video, but this is a different world, Carl told me, and, and this is uh, when you're a head coach like Jimmy Lake, who's not doing a very good job in year two in the program, I think we can all see through what's happening here. Washington's statement looks very lawyerly. I would imagine they're trying to figure out a way to fire him for cause, and, and that's probably going to be the next step in Seattle. Speaking of firing, Dan Mullen is hoping that his get out of jail free card is going to work. He fired defensive coordinator Todd Grantham in addition to his offensive line coach. I thought Todd Grantham would get fired last year, so I don't know if this does it for Florida. 
They can't lose again. I will tell you that. They cannot they cannot lose again. They were supposed to go 4-0 in the month of November. They started at 0-1 in the month of November with a 40-17 loss to South Carolina. So Dan Mullen and Jimmy Lake, two guys to be ready to talk about at a moment's notice for an emergency episode this month on the College Football Daily. You never know when it will happen. Okay, conference championship divisional races. I'm going to try to do this. I wrote some notes down. A lot of words here. Uh, we're going to try to breeze through it. We're going to start with the SEC. Georgia already clinched the East, and right now they're heavy favorite to win the national championship as far as early November odds are concerned. Minus 125. Okay. The West. This is all via Brad Crawford at 24-7 Sports. There's a possible six-way tie scenario floating out there. Very unlikely, but right now Alabama controls its own destiny. But if Alabama loses to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, then Texas A&M wins the West and plays Georgia in Atlanta so long as the Aggies win out. It's not a foregone conclusion, though. They go to Ole Miss this weekend. If Texas A&M loses to Ole Miss and Alabama loses to Auburn, then Auburn is in because Auburn has head-to-head wins over Ole Miss and Bama in this scenario. All right, so there you go. But again, I think it's going to be Bama versus Georgia. Big 10. Ohio State is the heavy favorite overall, followed by Wisconsin, then Michigan, and then Michigan State. So that means Vegas thinks that Michigan State is more likely to lose to Ohio State or Penn State the next few weeks or then lose to one of those Big Ten West teams than it is for Michigan to win out and then win in Indianapolis. I think the Big uh, the Big Ten East is pretty simple logic-wise. It should work itself out in the next few weeks. The West, though, is more complicated. First of all, I can't believe we're not talking about Iowa controlling its own destiny at this point. That's super disappointing given how they started. Gives me a little 2020 Florida vibes from them. There would have four teams still alive, uh, all four and two in conference play. That would be Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, Minnesota. Wisconsin is the favorite. Minnesota last week had a great grip on the West and then it lost to Illinois. This is going to get figured out. All these teams kind of still have to play each other, but Wisconsin, they've won five in a row. They're the favorite. They will play though. Wisconsin will play Minnesota in November and Minnesota will also play Iowa. So we got some confusing stuff here. And then Purdue needs some help, which is funny to say because they're the giant slayer. The Big 12, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are the two heavy favorites. Iowa State has a head-to-head win over Oklahoma State, but that loss two weeks ago on the road to West Virginia is going to come back to haunt them because Iowa State still has Oklahoma. We will have to revisit this all if Baylor beats OU this weekend in Waco, which is certainly impossible. It looks like right now, though, for the Big 12, we are going to have Bedlam in consecutive weeks Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will play on November 27th. And if Oklahoma State does what it needs to do between now and then, they would also then play again in the Big 12 title game. So if Oklahoma State goes into that November 27th game, knowing that its spot in next week's conference title game is secured, do we put it beyond Mike Gundy to play backup Shane Illingworth in the regular season game and run cover zero and just give Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch a a totally strange look? I'm not putting it past him. All right, ACC. For the first time ever, the Coastal is the one that looks stable. Pitt controls its own destiny, needs to beat UNC this week on Thursday, and then beat Virginia later in the month, which is easier than we thought it would be because Brendan Armstrong's still kind of day-to-day, the, the star quarterback. The Atlantic division, though, which was once Clemson's bully ground, is topsy-turvy. It really comes down to this weekend's game for NC State versus Wake Forest. The winner of that game needs to win that game and then win another game, and I think think that gets it. Clemson is still alive, but that means they have to beat Wake Forest and then have a few other things happen. We're not going to have to cross that bridge yet, but be ready to cross that bridge. So uh, anyway, I th- my, my pick right now is Pitt versus Wake in the ACC. Pac-12 is maybe the weirdest and 
I doubt that many people really know what's happening here as far as like the casual college football fan is concerned. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time on it and then we're going to get to Mike Roach about Joey McGuire. So right now I would be shocked if this is not going to be Utah versus Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, but they also play each other on November 20th. So sort of shades of bedlam. The Utes have won three in a row. They're very good, especially since they made the quarterback change to Cameron Rising, and they are close to clinching the South. For the North, Oregon is the best team right now, but there is a path for Washington State, which has two conference losses compared to Oregon's one conference loss. And Washington State, that path for them is beating Oregon this weekend and Eugene. Keep an eye on that game. Oregon State is also still alive, even though the Beavers have backslid versus bad teams recently after a great win over Utah They've lost two in a row. If Oregon State wins out and beats Oregon in the Civil War, it will finish with three conference losses and will have handed Oregon a second. That's not enough, right? So it needs Oregon to have also lost to Utah, giving Oregon three and Oregon State three and Oregon State the tiebreaker. However, it does not want Oregon to lose to Washington State because the Cougars have one fewer loss and own head-to-head over Oregon State. So Oregon State wants Oregon to beat Washington State to drop the Cougars down a rung and then wants Oregon to lose to Utah and then to itself. Yeah, got it? <laughs> I think still we're, we're looking here at, at Oregon versus Utah in the title game. I think in the ACC, we're looking at Wake versus Pitt. I think in the Big 12, it's Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. I think in the Big 10, it's Ohio State versus Wisconsin. I think in the SEC, it's Alabama versus Georgia. That was a lot. I hope that worked. I don't know. That might have that might have been a total bust. And, and if so, we'll, we'll hope to win the next segment with Mike Roach. And if that was a bust, then we'll, we'll try to win tomorrow. Here's Mike. Mike Roach joins us right now. Mike, I'm, I'm going to abstain from asking you uh, questions about the Texas Longhorn football recruiting class. And instead, I'm going to ask you, tell us a little bit more about Joey McGuire, the new Texas Tech head coach. Who is he? What is he about? First of all, you know, when I got into this business and covering high school in the state of Texas, Joey McGuire was a larger than life figure. He was that coach at Cedar Hill, which was a, a powerhouse school in the Dallas area that had won a couple state championships and sent a ton of players to college. And Joey was this, you know, tough-minded ball coach who was a but he he had the players coach mantra and uh, was a culture builder and just a really, you know, everybody who talked about him never said a bad word. And um, I tweeted about this, just, you know, when his hire was announced, but like the first interaction I ever had with him, I sat next to him at a playoff game, him and his, his uh, staff were scouting at AT&T and just listening to him talk ball for those hours. And meanwhile, entertaining everybody with an earshot, being really nice to me who he had never met in his life. He made an impression on me. And I think that that's really what Joey's about. He's an energetic guy. He's a relationship builder. He's a culture builder and he's a program builder. He was a big part of the reason, you know, if you'll recall when Matt Rule took over at Baylor, the the criticism there was he didn't have any Texas ties and McGuire was one of the first hires he made. And, and that went a long way with the Texas high school coaches. Joey is uh, a legend within those ranks. He's got relationships all over the state of Texas and, and really all over the college game. And, uh, you know, what I really love about it is it kind of just follows the model of, of Jeff Trailer, who, you know, weirdly enough, McGuire and him are very, very close and, and would probably be working on the same staff if it wasn't for both being head coach and candidates. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Jeff Trailer. And there's other guys, Mike, who've been high school football head coaches to get great jobs. Uh, eventually, you know, you got Chad Morris, you've got Art Bryles. What is it about the state of Texas that almost requires you to have a former high school football coach on your staff? And I think we're evolving to a point where if we I wouldn't be shocked in 10 years if like the A&M and the Texas jobs and all the big ones are just exclusively held by 
guys who have had their hand in high school football in, in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what it is, is a, the, the Texas high school coaches association is such a strong union that, you know, having an insider, having a guy who's a bit of a made man uh, within that group helps a ton when it comes to recruiting. Uh, But also those guys are just really good coaches. I mean, we take a lot of pride in our football down here. We take a lot of pride in our coaches. Um, Those guys are, uh, you know, people who dedicate their, their life and, and to working with those kids and, and, you know, developing those kids and those relationships and all those things. And so I think that they found the special ones. You know, if you look around and see the guys who are on staffs now that were once Texas high school football coaches, they're all the guys that we thought, you know, if you're asking the question, who could make the jump, you know, Jeff Trailer, Joey McGuire, Chris Gilbert, those were all names um, that were would probably be first on the list. So, uh, you know, they're just really good coaches and really good people. Yeah, I forgot to mention my guy, Todd Dodge, too. I think I think now it would work in North Texas more than it did like back then. To, I just think college football has changed enough. Mike, as you know, McGuire settles into this job and his trailer molds his options, I'd like to see him stay at UTSA. I, I think he will. What does this mean for Steve Sarkeesian and Jimbo Fisher? I'm not at, I'm not out here acting like those guys are going to start getting getting out recruited by Texas Tech or UTSA or, or TCU or Baylor or whatever, but does this increase the pressure for them to add even more Texas high school football connections on their staff? Because those guys, they, they really are outsiders in a way. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they've done a lot already to do that. I mean, uh, like, like I said, Steve Sarkeesian hiring Chris Gilbert early on was a massive hire for him within that way. But yeah, I think it, I think it does increase some pressure there. And I think it also, um, you know, seeing this model be successful at UTSA, if it continues to be successful with McGuire at Tech, I think it puts pressure on them just overall in their jobs. I think that everybody loves the story of the former high school coach who could, you know, one day be, be the, the head coach at Texas or A&M. And so both those guys, in a sense, I think are kind of breathing down both of those coaches' necks. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher's got it working. I don't I don't think he's got a ton to worry about. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's still very early on in his tenure. But, man, if you don't think in the next couple of years, if things don't get better, people will start screaming for, for Jeff Trailer. Uh, you have not lived in Texas long. I mean, they were screaming for him last year on the message board, almost like in a joking way. And and yeah, no, it could be more legitimate. Last question, Mike, for you. These high school coaches getting head jobs and, and becoming really good head coaches in the case of Jeff Trailer, bigger impact on high school football recruiting or the transfer portal? That's a really good question. I would, I would, I would say the transfer portal actually, because we've seen how much uh, guys have, you know, added like injected uh, talent directly into these teams and, and helped them turn around. And they obviously have those, you know, those ties not only from recruiting them while they were in college, but a lot of them coached them. I mean, you know, McGuire at Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill is one of the biggest prospect factories in the state of Texas. So there's a ton of guys all over the country that, if they went into the portal, are probably going to immediately look at Texas Tech because Joey McGuire. There, um, not to mention some of the assistants he could bring in with him. I mean, he's got really got a chance, I think, to build a special staff in Lubbock, especially from you know some of the early names I've heard. Uh, a lot of guys who have recruited the state well and have, uh, have been big, uh, you know, big names in, on other staffs. I think could could come back to join him in Lubbock, and so it's you know Lubbock is at a disadvantage because of its location. It's tougher to sell than anywhere else in Texas. But I think if anybody else can, if anybody can do it, it's certainly uh, McGuire and some of the assistants he puts together. But I think they'll go big on on portal early to probably fill some holes there. Yeah, I'll go ahead and stump for Zach Kitley, former Texas Tech GA as an OC at Texas Tech. Yeah, it was awesome at Houston Baptist and now is helping them light it up at Western Kentucky. 
Maybe they can yeah, see if Zappy got- and Stearns has some more eligibility. Yeah, bring the Stearns on their third trip. I think uh, if, if you look at it with Kitley, maybe Graham Harrell's an option to come back to Lubbock as, as an OC. Maybe, you know, Emmett Jones will certainly be in the mix. Another former South Dallas head coach who's at Kansas and has a, a great reputation as a recruiter. There's there's a lot of names in there that I think could be uh, prime candidates to be on the staff. All right, Mike, you're the best. Appreciate you. All right, thanks, Trey. Okay, thanks to Mike Roach for joining us. Follow him on Twitter at MikeRoach247. He covers a lot more than just the Texas Longhorns recruiting. He's a beast down there in the Lone Star State. Our producer, Lance Glenn, listened to all of that conference championship scenario stuff and made it sound okay. And thanks to him for putting this episode together. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the conference rankings. Enjoy the action. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.